Pantheism is the belief that everything is God. If God created yeah. stuff, then he must also be those things. So this coffee cup is God, but not in the way that... Aristotle says God is thought thinking itself. All of reality is um, a configuration of thought. You right. I mean? Yeah, when I was, I was little, I used to do like um, YouTube stuff. Yeah. Um, but like, I think I think a lot of kids did. What did you, What did you used to do? I used to, I, I never did a video, but I remember like in the sixth grade, I used to tell people. Like I used to tell my professors and my teachers in, in VR, I wanted to be a YouTuber, and they looked at me crazy. Yeah, I always watched like Casey Neistat. Casey Neistat. Yeah, he's um, he has a couple famous videos like snowboarding in New York. Okay. Um. He he he's the guy who wears the uh, sunglasses. They're like black mm-hmm. Ray Bans. Um, he hasn't done anything like too professional. I think he must have had an HBO show about a decade and a half ago. But um, he kind of got me into like how how it was possible to do independent filmmaking, and it, it is accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, is that something you want to do? You want to write? You want to like make movies? Yeah, I think as a as an as an English guy and a writer, I um like as I, in, in English as in you're British or English as English as in, in I'm an English major. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that would be the end goal in an ideal world where all things worked out. I would be happy doing that. Why? Why? Okay. Yeah. Why in an ideal world only? Like why don't you you go do that? Um, like you know what I mean? No, I, I I don't know. People always tell you to go uh, follow your dreams and such, but yeah. sometimes to do what's right, you have to sacrifice one dream for another. Okay. And I think my I think my actual dream is I want the white picket fence, the kids, the wife. Okay. A nice job, nice car, camping weekends, such as, such as that. I think that's the wholesome life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. That is a wholesome life. That's that's funny because like you differentiate between like, the dream and what's right, or like yeah, damn, bro. That I mean, shit. That shit made me kind of sick. Oh God. Oh Lord. I think there's. Yeah, I do. Th- I do think there's a a difference between um, what you want to do and what you should do. I wanna. There's also there's also this note there in that that like, it sounds to me that what you really want is um like again that white picket fence and that comfortable life, or rather that like filmmaking might be kind of like a temp- not a temptation but just like. A tempting thought, something that you find entertaining. Right. Um, and you can see in like in my actions how that dream manifests. If I was more passionate about filmmaking, I would be writing more. And I would be I would be making short films. Um, but I don't find myself doing that. There's um there's it's it's not that it's too hard or too complicated it's something that's it's in the back of my mind but it's not something that i actively pursue which i think is a strong indicator you're not motivated enough to get started 
and like actually like not get started but to like put in all the work required right um yeah. and i don't know if that's a lapse in my work ethic but no nah, i mean i commend you for admitting it because i know a lot of people who say it i was like oh i want to do this i want to do that and i'm like you're not doing it yeah and uh, you've been saying it for years and you're still not doing it. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and like, I often question, often that was too weird way to say it. Like, okay, do you really want it? Or, you know, is it like just a dream you had? Like a, like yeah. a, like a thought or something you find entertaining? And like, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's akin to like watching a baseball game and being like, you have a fleeting moment of, oh, I, I you know, wouldn't it be great if I was out there? Yeah. Um, but that being said, there is also the the guilt of, you know what? Maybe if I do have an inkling for it, maybe maybe there is a time and a place to get it done. Do you feel like really you'll regret inspired. it in your life if you don't do it at all? <sighs> Tough question. <laughs> Tough question. Yeah. I think everybody has regrets. Everyone has regrets. Um, everybody has regrets. It's really funny that we're actually talking about this because yeah, um, me and my friends watched La La Land last night. La La Land. All La right. La I haven't seen that movie. It's with Ryan Gosling though Ryan and Emma Gosling. Stone. Oh yeah. Um, I love I love them both. They're great. I think that's a great example, and I'm not going to spoil it for anybody or you. You can honestly spoil it for me. I don't think I'm going to watch. Like it, it, I'll, it's I a good movie. I'll probably watch it and I don't mind spoilers because it's like, I know if I know how it ends, it doesn't matter. Like I still want to go through You these. still enjoy the film. I still enjoy the experience. Yeah, exactly. You know I'm, I mean? I'm the same yeah. way. Um, but basically it's a movie about two dreams and which one do you follow? Fuck. I... And it's, it's responsibility and it's love and how those two things don't necessarily mesh well. So mm -hmm. they both have their respective dreams. Emma Stone wants to be an actress and Ryan Gosling wants to own a club, a jazz club. Mm -hmm. And although they're perfect for each other and they could have such a beautiful life, in order for them to chase those two things... They need to separate. Yeah. Essentially. The, the external... Like, the internals work out. Like, they're good. They're a good match. But the externals don't match. Right. Like, their life course and paths aren't working out. Damn. Do you believe in like that soulmate shit? Hold on. Before you answer that question, too, I just want to look at this camera. Ooh, check it. It's going strong. But yeah. Is that going to be a little cut? Probably. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I'll see my, my skinny ass walking up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But not. Do you, do you buy? Like, yeah. Because that, that feels like, I asked because that feels like one of those instances of, of quote unquote soulmate. Like right. where like, oh, they're the perfect match. Oh, but they can't be together. They can't be together. Um, I think I think I do. I think I okay. do believe in a soulmate. Um, but <laughs> with with the potentiality that is your twenties and thirties, how many different things you can do, free choices, whether mm -hmm. or not to go to this club on this Friday night has has a butterfly effect. And it's like, 
who's who's to say that if I didn't go to Brad's on Friday, I wouldn't have found, you know, the one. But I didn't go. I worked. So uh, in time and place, I suppose. I suspect you probably wouldn't have found it, bro. Exactly. That, you know, yeah. I, <laughs> this I don't is think my totally assessment. Um, oh, shit. But it's it's a uh, it's interesting. It's a romanticization of reality. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's a really. I don't think that's a bad thing. I'm definitely Why? a romanticist. I'm. I have romantic tendencies that I have learned to um, dislike and disagree with. Okay. I, I won't even say dislike. I don't dislike it. I just disagree with it sometimes. Well, sure. There's always the battle between viewing the world as material and viewing the world as everything. And that is quite a hard like, balance to bring them both together. That's, a, that's an interesting way to phrase it, material and everything. What do you mean by that? So I think that there are... I don't... I'll refrain from getting too metaphysical. But brother, you and me, you're cool. It's right. Cool. Okay. So there's the material. Yeah. This don't don't knock on the table. Oh. Don't knock. They also the mic. Just Def got that. No man. The knock on the wall. Yeah. Um, there's this. actually a fake wall. There's there's not a real wall here. No. It's green screen. That's so, a green screen. This is this is physical. Yeah yeah yeah. And there's I roll a ball and it moves and bounces into something else. But then there's other things that yeah. for some reason exist, despite yeah. the confines of this. Despite the not, confines of physical space and material uh, material objects. Yeah, yeah. So you mean like, so when you say everything, you mean like... Um, everything we can possibly conceive of. Like love, like, yeah, all the um, intangibles. I like to think about it in terms of tangibility and intangibility. Right. The material, obviously, matter is tangible. But it's always influenced or motivated by the intangibles like love, loyalty, you know, respect. You know what I'm saying? Right. Fucking gravity, bro. You can't touch that shit. No. You know what I'm saying? Um, all those things, for the most part, to me, some they're just the intangible. So yeah, yeah. If like if love is just oxytocin, is that the right compound? I don't fucking know, but in some sense, that would be a tangible form of, of or a tangible example, not even example, but that's just like uh, the physical form of love. Why does that manifest in other things? If it is up here, a connection between two physical beings, it it gets lumped into the celestial and the religious and everything else there's something to be said about that whether whether you believe it or not that is fine but believe i do what? think that okay there is something going on here there's what do, definitely something what do you mean um i think the ability to aspire to those higher goods that so you, manifest in the physical the fact that they take an extreme form well what you what, what they might refer to as transcendent i would say so yeah yeah i get it to some extent i disagree with the i i'm i'm hesitant to put my hammer on 
calling shit transcendent. And it's to say that like people often think that like there's the material world here and then there's the intangible world here, right? right? But then one rules over the other. You know what I mean? Like right. and there's some people who think kind of the other way around. That is sort of like anam, the material world rules whatever you might seem to be the intangible world, right? Um some people will say, nah, love is just oxytocin or whatever yeah. the fuck. Um, but then some people will say, no, love is more than a chemical reaction. Right. I think it's both. Like, you know what I mean? No, of course. I think it's both as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it, it, I only bring that up because I think it's more like an even plane than it is like one over the other. But that's neither here. Mm-hmm. I, th- I don't think okay. that's that relevant. No, I, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down. I I I've had similar realizations about the world much akin to theosophy or pantheism uh i know what pantheism is i don't know what the what the, <laughs> theosophy is the concept that this is a big one uh-huh. pantheism is the belief that everything is god if god created yeah. stuff then he must also be those things so this coffee cup is god but not in the way that not in the way that it's like if I pick it up, I'm touching God. It's 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 it, it's um I like the the Aristotelian definition of God, and I think it works here. Okay. And like, cause I the reason I kind of think pantheist thought is got something going there. It, it falls in line with kind of like a simulation kind yeah. of notion. Yes. Aristotle says God is thought thinking itself. All of reality is um, a configuration of thought. You right. know what I mean? And we're really just God's thoughts. Sort of. You yeah. know what I mean? And our existence in life is kind of God thinking thinking us out in yep. some sort of way, right? So when we say this cup is God, what we're saying is in some at least in the pantheistic sense, that it's like um it's part of the 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 thought of the thoughts of God, like you know what I mean, right. one way or another, right? And it's all like all in one weird contradictory shit. My bad, you okay? No, so, no, I uh, I think that was a better explanation than I could have conjured up. Okay, um, but pantheism is interesting because it technically denotes any other religion. It denotes any other religion. Meaning if what you said is true, then Christianity, Buddhism, Hinduism, those are truths, but they're abstractions. Yeah, yeah. They're all they're all um <sighs> fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're abstractions. But I know what you mean. It's sort of like um it's in the, it, not abstract in the sense necessarily where you can't touch it. Right. Or like it's hard to think about, but like the abstract on a paper, it gives you a synopsis of like the main points of right. the whole paper. Um, and we all got different papers on God. Yes. You know and, what I mean? And that's kind of where theosophy comes into play. All right. So theosophy takes pantheism one step further. And pardon okay. Me, pardon me if I'm explaining this incorrectly, but... Theologians, get my mans. Yeah. Fact check me on this. Are you also theology minor, perhaps? No. No. Just English and philosophy. Right. Um, and philosophy is my minor. Um, yeah. Um, theosophy is the concept that... Well, maybe 
everything isn't necessarily God per se, but it deems all religions as valid. It is a stab at the holistic truth of everything. Because mm-hmm. if Christianity is true, well, then why is there Buddhism and Hinduism? And why are those so profound? You can't, and, and um, Islam, you can't discount entire religions and say, I find it awfully offensive to say my religion is correct. I Like, I believe in this thing. And so we come to this kind of agreement where it's like, I respect their religion or I expect, I respect your religion. But like, at the end of the day, like, no, mine's, mine is, I, I thought this through. This is mine. Yeah. So it says that they're all equally valid in the attempt at a holistic truth, meaning they are all equally true. Mm-hmm. There, there are, there's a God, but it manifests in all these ways that are equally true. And therefore, if, if all those religions are true, then everything then also becomes God in a sense. I don't know how you go from there to there, but I don't think that matters that much. I think what's most interesting is sort of like, um, I think it's just, yeah, I've always thought of, of religion as sort of like um, all of humanity is staring at a giant box, but we're all really tiny. So we actually can only see certain sections of the box for ourselves. Right. But then we all end up kind of assuming that our side of the box is the whole box. Right. You know what I mean? Or that our sliver of the box, which is visible to us, is the whole box. Um, and then we just fucking fight about it. But yeah, dog. Have you ever heard of Cosmic Joke? Cosmic Joke? What is this? Oh, um, well, I have a story to tell, I suppose. So the Cosmic Joke is... Is this like some fucking David Foster Wallace shit? No. It sounds like some David Foster Wallace. You know what? It sounds like it could be an infinite jest type deal. But I... Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he mentions it. It's possible. That guy... He was awesome shit. Well... Marshall from How I Met Your Mother played him in a movie, I think. Great. He did. Yeah. Saw that movie. Great movie. Sad movie. Yeah. Sad, Um, sad person. But... All great geniuses have some inherent suffering, which relates to the cosmic joke. Okay. So... The cosmic joke basically is a theory that in our in our daily lives this attempt at transcendence in the face of absurdity because we have this capacity to perceive things as slightly absurd yeah 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 so we're attempting to normalize and flatten the curve let's limit absurdity and make things seem tangible and purposeful what okay okay. so the cosmic joke is that everything you aspire to do is already inside of you and it dictates that life is a joke that is so good when you get to the afterlife the afterlife is laughter because you've spent your whole life in this weird, absurd, <laughs> perverted joke, <laughs> and God is just a trickster, and he's having a f- he's having fun. Yeah. Damn, I like that. I like that. Um, and it, it 
if you think about it, it, it makes things lighter, does it not? Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I live my life like that for the right. most part. But the joke for me is, is a bit different. Um, I guess it has, it's more of a Kierkegaardian kind of analysis on life. That's my boy, Soren Kierkegaard, <laughs> as my, uh, as my, my Oxford professor used to say, Kierkegaard, um, his with the futility it has to do with Kierkegaard, the futility of life and the absurdity of life. But it's sort of the idea that like, no matter how hard you try, it will never work. Like you'll never, like, yeah. you know what I mean? And he's very big on the, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right. And that's the joke. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. You're in such a conundrum. It's hilarious. You know what I mean? Um, but for the most part, because I feel like the joke doesn't even come in the afterlife. Like the joke is right now. It's funny right now. It is funny right now. Um, I say, it say it's funny because... A lot of people are walking around taking life extremely seriously. Right. In a lot of the wrong ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like humor is necessary. I feel like you could have a good sense of humor once you have a good sense of emotional ordering. Right. Um, to life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Once you realize not everything is so personal, that like the little annoyances that bother you are your problem to deal with and not everybody yeah. else's. Like, you know what I'm trying to say? There's um there's a there's a sort of mental capacity where you can get lost in the bog upstairs where you find it difficult to differentiate between like oh I have all these papers to write like oh I'm so stressed. It's like these consequences are so infinitesimally null infinitesimally i have to repeat that word that's, yes. such a, that's new vocabulary for me yes. infinitesimally and we have our own perceptions like you said with the box analogy yeah i mean that can that can relate to other concepts besides religion especially it's my i have my own perceptions of the world everything i do is for me but when you stop and realize that you have papers and four thousand other kids have papers like i'll get it done <laughs> get it done it'll be it'll be done it'll be like, done it'll be a turned in and dudes will graduate and everything yeah. will be fine like, right it's, take a take a deep breath yeah get through it we we live um would you say this i want your opinion on this do you think we live in a pretty low stakes world at least like united states of america <sighs> well that i mean that's low stakes in what sense Just low stakes, bro. What are high stakes? What are high and low? What are low and high stakes to you? Or are you talking about like modernity has curbed the fact that like food is easy to get? I or that's is that what you're talking about? That's survival. One, but that's one thing. Like you know what I mean? Low but I feel stakes, like there's a lot of other things. Like I'm thankful that I wasn't born in 1750. I'll say that. Or yeah, 800. That's pretty high stakes. Yeah. I, you know, you, but I feel like every generation had that conception. Oh, I'm glad I wasn't born then. I'm glad I wasn't born then. But I feel like that's more true now than it has ever been. Right. Things are. I definitely don't wish I was born 80 years ago. No. My parents wouldn't have been able to link up two different colors. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I think modernity and it's it, there, there's 
there's the agency that comes with all of these things getting taken care of. You don't need the survival. You don't need food and water readily accessible to most people. There are, of course, exceptions. Um, Large exceptions, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think I read a statistic that about maybe a third of the population lives on less than a dollar a day. That's sad. That's sad. Okay. I needed to... I, which is... Just the way you phrased that fact, I wasn't sure what you meant. Um, like, oh, like, yeah, no, I shouldn't have assumed that our economy is good enough or we can live on it. all live on a dollar a day. Right. Um, it's... Like, some people only have about a dollar a day. Or less. Or less. Yeah. That Millions means... of starving people. Yeah. But, to your point... It is impossible for me to take the shoes of those individuals. I can empathize with them, but I am not them. And so when you ask about, do we live in times that it's like low stakes? I mean, for me, yes. I have, I have nothing major to deal with. I, I, it's almost to the extent where it's like survivor's guilt. Damn. Like I can. Do you feel, do you feel that way? Worst case, you feel guilty? worst case, no, I don't feel guilty. Okay, but in the same vein, it like it is in a way. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I know it's what like you mean. worst case scenario. I I still will have a great life. Mm-hmm. I and think it's worst case scenario. Yeah, unless I die tomorrow, but I hope that doesn't happen. I guess yeah, yeah, you're right. Low stakes, high stakes is very contextual. You're living on a on a dollar a day. You in some pretty high stakes situations. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Your right. life is your life is a high stake situation. Um, but I, I, I suppose I ask coming from the fact that I think, do you think we're surrounded by low stake people? People who, if the fucking, the floor dropped out of them tomorrow, they would get caught. People with the capacity, people without the capacity to save themselves is that what you're saying no no um almost the security of knowing that if they can't save themselves they're safe regardless like you know sure um i mean i can i can speak for america and i suppose most of western europe um a lot of you know canada a lot of southern america yes I, i think there's a lot of social safety nets there's a lot of um We've raised the poverty line. We've raised the floor. We've raised the floor to a significant margin that even in the most dire of circumstances, there are opportunities. Actually, opportunities is a bad word. There's potential for at least to live, to keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I can't say that for a lot of other places, but oh, yeah. in America especially, there is a the distance to fall is far but the net is wide yes there's not a and it's not to say that people don't fall through the net or the net doesn't catch some people on the edges yeah but it's like yeah yeah um it's easier to live today i'll say that for most people Mm-hmm. No, absolutely absolutely God damn. you won't die from getting a root canal i'll say it like that yeah 
you know, diarrhea. No, no dysentery or scurvy, stuff like that, mm-hmm. I guess. Diarrhea might not hurt as bad. There's always a uh, Pepto-Bismol and... Pepto-Bismol? Tums. We should get some ad promo for that one. Yeah. Sponsor us. Yeah. But I want to go back real quick um, to f- to film. Oh, real okay. quick. I know like right. that's going sure. so far back. Yeah, that's... But- there's got to be a whole... Going back to the holistic nature. Yeah, yeah. We'll go back to film. We got we got plenty of time to cover whatever the fuck, man. But so I've read this this book. I highly recommend it to everybody. I've read it like five times. It's The Alchemist. Have you ever heard of that book, The Alchemist? Sounds very familiar. Who wrote it? Uh, I think it was like I think his name was like Paulo Coelho. The Alchemist. That sounds very familiar. Mm-hmm. I might I might be butchering the name or getting it wrong entirely. But The Alchemist. It's about this um kid in Spain. At some old period in time, I think it was like uh, it might it might have been like the reign of like the Ottoman Empire, okay, and like when like Rome sucked and shit. I don't know. Like after that, um, uh, what are the Byzantines? I don't know what you call that. Byzantium started Bi- after the um, fall of Constantinople. It's Turkey. That geographic region and time period. Right. Sure. Um, yeah, what you call it. And there's just this kid in Spain on the coast. So he's like near Af- he's near the tip of Africa and shit too. Okay. Right? Um, so it's Mediterranean area. But so when the alchemist, this kid, uh, he gets like an o- a, a, a message from like an oracle that um, there's a treasure out there waiting for him. Right? He had a dream about it and he just has to go get it. Um and along the way, you know, he meets, it's all about, he meets this man who tells him, like, you need to find your, like, um, like, your, your, your personal, like, your life's, like, your, your, your life's purpose, basically. Sure. Um, he said, finding that gold is your life's purpose, right? Funny thing is, though, is that finding the gold was not the purpose, but the journey was the purpose. Like, you know what I mean? That, 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 that said, that, yep. that was yeah. already fired. Because my thing right. is, that, and it makes sense too, because as he goes on the journey, it's like you're literally just watching somebody grow up. And I feel like it's a demonstration on how to grow up. Okay. In a right. lot of ways. Um, and like find your personal mission and things like that, right? But there's one interesting thing that I think really relates to you right now. So in The Alchemist, when he stops somewhere in North Africa, uh, he works at a glass, at a like glass blower's shop like sure. he makes fine fine glass material and trinkets and working things. with kilns yeah yeah doing some hot something with hot sand and right uh um and he, he he talks to the to the dude and the dude tells him you know he improves the whole shop the dude tells him it's my dream to go to mecca right um and so the kid is like all right i i actually want to make help make your dream come true because Making your dream come true is going to help me make my dream come true. If I make you enough money to go to Mecca, then I can make myself enough money to go on with my personal mission. Sure. Right? That happens. He stays there for a few years. Right? But so what happens is essentially he raises enough money and the kid is like, all right, so now are you going to go to Mecca? And he's like, no. Because, and he explains... The dream of going to Mecca is worth more to him than actually going to Mecca. Ooh. 
You know what I mean? Ooh. Because once you go, then the dream becomes reality. Then you can become disappointed. You can become reality disillusioned. Reality is often disappointing. You know what I mean? Um, there were so many things that could happen if he wouldn't fulfill the dream. But having the dream alone like, made him feel better. You know what I mean? My mother has an old story where all of her relatives said, like, you know, we're going to the Grand Canyon. It's beautiful. It's great. It's so incredible. Like, you can't believe it when you see it. She was told these things so many times that when she got to the Grand Canyon, she looked at it. And of course, it's beautiful. But when it's heightened to that, when it's heightened to that mythical level. Eh. Damn. So there's the expectation of dreams, which is bubbling potential. And then reality doesn't necessarily live up to that as much. But you still have that that um, that conceptualization of what's possible and the beauty that you could possibly achieve. So as for that story and how it might pertain to film. I You know what? Fuck the film. I don't even care anymore. I just kind of wanted to... That was just something I thought about when we were talking about film that I wanted to bring back. I want to say this. Uh, you don't want to talk about it, really? No, no. No, it's okay. I'm a, I'm a huge film guy, but no, it might it, another day. We'll, we'll 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 get to it somehow later one day, right? Um, I'm gonna sound like a like a dickhead real quick. What if your mom is bugging? What if your mom is wrong? What if your mom doesn't know how to appreciate beauty? And these are all these are all just questions. I, I'm not accusing your mother of any. No, of these uh, that's that's fine. Um, and I understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Um. And, and also then follow right. up. Do you think any of those questions are even valid? No, I think they're, I think they're definitely valid. Um, well, that's, that's, I guess that's science, right? In a way you have perceptions of the world. Why? How? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, my mother had this particular experience with the Grand Canyon. Okay. Maybe she's wrong because the Grand Canyon is beautiful. It's, it is what it is chalked up to be but hmm. to her how it was digested didn't resonate in the way that it i guess should and i, I guess that's because of the influence of other people telling you oh this is great this is amazing this is phenomenal it's like but they don't they don't even really tell you why though do they I guess. Well, it's fa it's it's conceptually failing to live up to the hype. Well, my my thing is though is it like so like why do those people think the Grand Canyon was beautiful? Like you know what I mean? And like why did they even feel the need to tell her these things? Um, because now I'm not even looking at your mom now. Like I I'm looking at people in a grander scheme. Yeah, where it's sort of like um, and I'm not saying those people don't think it's beautiful and don't marvel at it. But it's sort of like, um, you, sometimes it's sort of like this, like, you know, when you're reading a book and there's like a symbol in the book that has this meaning so that you have no idea it had the meaning. And then your professor explains the meaning, mm -hmm. right? And it's not just that they tell you, oh, the bird means this. The bird means this because this happened and the author is from this place right and um this character has this personality trait that is 
associated with this tradition. Right. Right. Suddenly, oh, the meaning of the symbol makes way more sense. It opens up. And you can appreciate it, right? And I, I wonder just to what extent, like, does the Grand Canyon need to be explained? And I don't mean in a way where it's like someone's explaining it geographically, but like that whole experience. Right. You know what I mean? It's almost you need to learn to... This is the thing. Once somebody shows you the symbol and they explain to you how they understand it and how the meaning is acquired and exists there, suddenly you see it everywhere else. You don't need people to explain it to you anymore. And I'm not saying like, maybe some people do need to learn why certain things are beautiful. Because I feel like, again, it is a matter of perspective though. Because we'll say this, if you have a very materialist view of life, Yes. Then the Grand Canyon is just a bunch of rocks. It's just a bunch of rocks. But if you have a very religious, spiritual creation view of of life, then holy crap, look at this thing God made. God carved this out with his right? hand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it suffices to say that things, um, despite these immensely profound and beautiful sentiments, sometimes don't manifest in the way that you might, you know, someone might read Leo Tolstoy and say, oh, that sucked. But I did say that. Oh, but the second read, the second read in the canon. It's he's gangster. It's one of the best. It's top three novels ever written. Top five. Yeah, I haven't read War and Peace, so I can't say anything about one. I've just read, read a lot of his short stories. Um, is the first time I read Tolstoy, I thought it was fire. Thought yeah. it was some of the best shit I ever read. And then I read Dostoevsky, and I was yeah. like, "This is some of the best shit I ever read." I read Crime and Punishment, um, and that shit was perfect. I think Crime and Punishment is. It's so much more gnarly. How suffering comes and gets you. Like always. Tolstoy is too aristocratic. And I feel like he he writes about first world problems. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to read about first world problems. But granted, the thing is, though, is that you realize first world people have real world problems, though. They got the blinders on. They got their narrower Mm -hmm. field of field of vision like i was watching this video of this of this woman who came from a very wealthy family talking about how she felt ignored as the middle child and then she said some stupid shit where like i never got a bugatti for my birthday yeah um and i'm like but the thing is that she really felt fucking excluded Mm -hmm. you know what and i can't deny the fact that she feels really bad you know what i mean and alone that's a well that's a really tough angle. It's how does your personal circumstance affect your view of the world? And really, does the world give a shit? No. So, and if you want to go back to religion Dale. for a little bit. We can do whatever, bro. I think, I think the reason why the cosmic joke works so well in pantheism is because... You know, someone someone is raised in a really wealthy household. They're sheltered. Why didn't I get a Bugatti for my birthday? You gotta say it. You gotta say Bugatti. 
a Bugatti. Yeah. Rev up the Bugatti. No, 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 no. It's just, you don't even have to do a British accent, bro. It's just Bugatti. Bugatti. Yeah, so I was taking a walk the other day, then I got in my Bugatti. Yeah, it's always aggressive. Why is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is it? That. That. Their problems are Bugattis. My problems are papers. And, and somebody, some uh, poor schmuck can't get a piece of bread. Why does the two-year-old die before their life even starts? Why does blah, 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 blah. Why does the 90-year-old, like, racist just keep on being... Chill on the beach. And chill just, on the beach, dropping in bombs. You know what it is? It's, um, and I really think that this is a solid answer for, for why that exists, is um, I will be that man. That man will be me. I will be you and you will be me. And we are all consciousness observing itself and learning. Okay, brother, you skipped a step. Oh, okay. Like I need explain. Like, like you just, what did you, because you were explaining. So pantheism in the cosmic joke. Esperate, esperate. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Because you went from that whole little, where did you, why did you start doing like this? And started talking about you and me and like, I pretend to be this and you pretend to be that. What is that? Why, what was that? Why would suffering exist if it was not, if God is fair? Okay. Why, why would suffering would that not be equally distributed? And how is how is suffering equally distributed All right. by a collective consciousness of pantheism? And I'm you and we're all God experiencing everything. So so what you're saying is okay, I think I understand what you mean now. Yeah. What you're saying kind of is like if God is me and God is you and God is everything, why is there an unequal distribution of suffering? Yes. Okay, that's what you were saying. Right. All right, okay. Now continue. I just had to get that. So I understand it. I, real I quick. think to some extent it almost makes sense that we we're all one. But in order for that to work, time has to be cyclical. Yeah, I do believe we're stuck in a time loop. I but that's not a bad thing. I agree. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think what would be the greatest, if you were to die, what would be the greatest joy you could have? Would it be floating and lounging in the afterlife? Like, no, I don't think so. If in your grandest aspirations of the afterlife, you'd either want to be a spectator or you'd say, respawn. That's hilarious. You'd want to, you'd want to play again. That's funny. I know, I, you know, for me, it's like in physics, I think they have like three um, conclusions to the universe's end. Uh, there's a, a heat death. Um, yep. Everything will kind of just kind of like become hot. And then there's like, I think the, the, the lights out theory, everything will kind of just spread out. And Too like, far. Too far, all the lights will just die out and then pitch black cold. I think that's the cold death. But then there's like the big crunch. I haven't heard of that one. And the big squeeze or something like that. I, I might be off on these names. Somebody correct me. But it's the idea that like, since the universe is expanding constantly, eventually it's going to come back down. Yep. And then all over again. And then like, we're really just kind of in this fluctuation of... Uh, um, 
Contracting is when it closes or when it opens? Yes. Constricting, uh, contra- contracting. Constrict, constricting and contracting, like expanding and, and um, coming back together. Right. Um, and I, I like that one. In addition to that, I there was a modification to that theory added a couple, maybe a year ago by, uh, no, last semester by my physics professor, another physics professor. Um, this dude said that, this is another theory. They think time moves forward because space is stretching. Sure. Forward, outward, from our perspective, right? Um, So that's to say that, like, if I'm here on this point, like, time is going that way because space is going that way. Yes. You know what I'm saying? As as space, physical space extends, time extends and passes, right? Right. So what happens when it starts going... Going the opposite way. Yeah. Time starts going backwards. I... I think, I think, <laughs> I think, oh, I think therefore I am. Okay, just kidding. I won't throw a brick at yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not the biggest fan of, what's his name? Descartes? Uh, Descartes, yeah. I give him a lot of blame for a lot of BS that happened after the fact. I think that if infinity, at least in Catholic thought, like the universe is infinite because mm-hmm. there is a scientific like, oh, okay, like, Catholicism can generally bend to science. There's a. I'm only speaking in terms of Catholicism, and Christianity, because that's my. That's what I understand. It's your designation. I'm Episcopalian. So. Oh wow, you're like. Uber. Not Uber. I don't know, but it's like different. I was just baptized Episcopalian. <laughs> I go to church sometimes. If infinity is a straight line, like time yeah. occurring what what's what's this around it that keeps pushing it back what why why is it not why is it not that why is it not equally valid as this because if it's infinite yeah well like eventually it's gonna at least that's how i it should loop around it. it should loop around on itself infinity is such a like a bizarre concept it doesn't <laughs> it's so you know, we're, it, ha- it, yeah. it makes sense to be cyclical in a way, at least to me. It's because we're finite. You know what I mean? Right. We have a very clear beginning and end. Yes. So it's very hard for us to comprehend something that has no beginning and has no ending. Right. But then we try to conceive its beginning with the Big Bang and we try to predict its end with, you know, the complete collapse of nothingness and stars. And okay, well, well we, we got to think it's great. The I, I actually think the 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 big crunch theory, like the the loop theory, is actually one of the least popular theories in physics. Oh yeah. When it comes to the the end of the universe, and I you know, and I'm assuming it's because physicists believe in a little more finality. Right. I'm assuming, but a lot of people, I don't know. I I'm not even gonna assume a lot of people believe in finality, but like yeah, you know we're we're. We're used to certain structures of things. Yeah. For example, beginnings and endings. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, and those are rather logical structures to contain in one's mind. Let me get to a understanding of what the what would be the ramifications of a cyclical timeline. This is this is how I would manifest this is how I would perceive things. It is possible that God is a separate entity from us. 
Creator. Creator. Or, going back to the pantheism angle, who is to say, this is simulation without technology removed from simulation. So it's simulation and ideology that it's a creator making something and he's kind of like finagling with stuff. And he's outside of it though. That's the big, that's the big difference between, um, I think pantheism and whatever the alternative is. Right. Theosophy. Theosophy. Um, so if things were a loop, is theosophy the alternative to pantheism? It can, because well, theosophy would technically also accommodate for pantheism because it says that all things are valid. So so this is no, this is what I mean by that though. Um when I mean alternative, specifically I mean in regards to like one of the main distinctions between pantheism and creationism, and I think that's what it is, right. is that God is that creator is outside of the universe. Outside of everything. He's like separate entity. Whereas again, pantheism, God is the universe. God is the universe. You know what I mean? Um so the, theosophy, it it actually captures both of those. Yes. You know what I mean? But like, I back in track on theosophy. I want to look at those two things specifically. Why did I bring those up again? Can you remind me? Um, we were talking about loops. Loops. Time loop. Um, so the theory resides that if things are a loop and you want to consider pantheism and theosophy all at once and oh, why does one suffer when you and I don't as much, is that why did God, why do we look like God in the Bible? It's God, we look like God, we're taking after our creator, but if God is an entity outside of everything, then that doesn't really hold up, that doesn't hold much water, because you think he'd be light or something that you can't even conceive of, so this is god me and my appendix bursting that's god so Mm -hmm. the theory states that and this is just a theory i actually couldn't label it um we humans get so far advanced blah 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 who knows how long that'll be that we create ourselves we are our own gods because if you are a human and you aspire to God and your your goal is how do I become God as holistically as possible, you I, would create yourself. You ever seen um the movie Blade Runner? Yes, I love that movie. I fucking love Blade Runner. I love that movie. But I think with AI, the thing that really surprised me about AI um, is that I think we're not that far from replicas now. We're much closer to replicas than we have ever been. Um, and in Blade Runner 2049, Ryan Gosling is like the perfect replicant that he doesn't know that his memories are not real. What's up with that? Abstract that 500,000 more years. What's the difference? Yeah, no, no. What's the difference? I, and like, this is also why I'm big on, I guess, pantheism, I sort of, and like, just, you know, um, and I don't know, I, I, I get I get a bad rap on this belief or on this notion because people on either side of it think I'm on either side of it. Right. Um, but at least when I have these conversations, it's really hard for me to get through to people. Um, what the fuck, bro? What did you say? Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting now. I was talking about Blade Runner. Blade Runner, Replicants. 
500 years in the future, a thousand years. What's quite, the difference? Quite basically, it goes like this. Like, I don't think, you know, I don't know if some people were like, oh, you know, our brains are like computers. It's like, nah, bro. Our computer are like our brains. Our computers are like our brains. Yes. Like, we are designing. Um, I think our advancements in technology are kind of proof of evolution in the sense where um, when you look at some sort of tech, it really resembles like natural processes. You know sure. what I'm saying? Um, AI using language models is really, I think, exemplary of our intelligence and yes. how our own intelligence grew via language yes. and communication, right? Um, because it's like, once you're able to learn on your own, you might be able to produce consciousness on your own, I think, to a certain extent, right? Right. Um, and I, I say this to say that so much of what we do imitates art and life and nature that I think, again, you know, even our ability to create is just another product of nature. You know what I mean? And we're imitating nature again. What What is the most beautiful architectural design? What's the most beautiful sculpture? What are the most beautiful painting? Is it trees and grass and us and we are constantly in the pursuit of making us yeah we have this um i bring i i mentioned it like you know i had this argument is either yet today or, or yesterday with my roommate andres this motherfucker um but it's so a, a lot of people will tell you human beings are more than animals and how do you feel about that statement? Oh, well, then we get into the soul argument. Do we have souls? Which would be the differential. I don't even want to. I don't even know. No, I, fuck that. I, I, I don't even want to well, go there. Well, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Obviously, like, yes, we are flesh and blood. But um, you don't think animals have souls? What kind of soul? Why does it matter? It does. Why? If we are at the pinnacle, well, this goes to Kant. If we are at the pinnacle of evolution on Earth, why? It's like, okay, so let's say we evolved to have eyes. And what is the purpose of eyes? To see, scan for threats, but it's also to observe beauty. Kant says that if we were to have evolved in this way that our body functions fairly well to accommodate for the surroundings, why would we have evolved to rationality? That isn't good for our survival instinct. It's actually contradictory to our survival instinct in some ways. This is, this is like, okay, this is, this is all, all the language you spoke has so many underlying assumptions. So first of yes. all, I I want to put it to you like this: like we're making a lot of we 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 set okay we we did this. This is what our species did. Sure. Okay. This is what our species did. We set a standard for success that only we could meet, and then called ourselves the ape, like called ourselves the pinnacle of the food chain. And like, essentially we are, you know what I mean? But it's sort of like by setting that precedent and believing that precedent, we have therefore entitled ourselves to certain actions. You know what I mean? A lot of people think survival of the fittest means survival of the strongest. 
And it's not. It's not. We're not the strongest species. No. We're strong in our intellect and creative capabilities. You know what I mean? But again, I think that is just another adaptation of nature. You know what I'm saying? We have been sure. we have been selected for in some sense. You know what I mean? Right. And I don't think again my my main issue with the with that thing is that I feel like a lot of a lot of people think that humanity is so special, it gives us the right to do a lot of damage and to take oh, a lot of, of control. Yes, of course. You know um, what I mean? You ever seen sorry to but like you ever seen no. Avatar? The not the yeah. last airbender with the blue with the, the blue, blue people. people, the Navi. Yeah, 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 right. When they when they kill an animal, they do it with the utmost respect. Right. You know what I'm saying? Someone It's almost shameful. Yeah, it's almost shameful. It's shameful, yeah. You know what I mean? To 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 kill life, right? And I think about like hunters. Like some hunters that I just seen like YouTube videos on, like these guys, like they don't how do I put it? They take funny pictures with a deer and post it online. Like, there's oh, those. Look at this. There's those yeah. guys. Yeah, I wasn't even talking about them. I'm talking about the guys who, when they, when they fucking kill the animal, they're almost like it's ritualistic. There's so much like sanctity and sacristy involved yeah. in the killing process, in the 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 gutting process, the skinning process. Right. There's so little waste involved. You know what I mean? Sure. There's no publication of it. There's there's some. And it, it is, and it isn't, it isn't taken out of necessarily a, do, a a dominance or entitlement. Like I didn't kill this animal because I was better than it. I was killing it because it served, because killing it serves an ecological purpose. You know what I mean? I have a, I have a problem with what you just said. Okay. So I'm about to be mauled by a tiger. Yeah. You have a gun. Yes. I'm gonna kill the tiger. I'm gonna kill the, that's not the point. I'm gonna protect my species. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I value your life more than I do. More than the tiger. Yes. Why? That is a good question. Why? We're one and the same. Cause you're my species. Like you're then what's, you're, then you're also then my, what's my racism. Well, that's species gone, that's interspecies hate. Do tigers hate tigers with different colors? No. No, but they do hate tigers that get in the way of their food. Or they get in the way of their mating. You know I, I mean? think that's a far abstraction from like racism. Not really, because here's where I'm going to put it to you. Where a tiger is, is alone, right? So it can't necessarily be tribalistic, but it can be territorial. And the yep. thing is that tribalism and territorialism are gra- are grounded in the same, like, biological function. Sure. Um, the protection of resources and competition. We form tribes out of competing ideas. You get what I mean? And low-key, so why would we go to war? Tradition- Historically, we've gone yeah, to war right. over resources. And, like, just my nationality is better than yours and all but that, that that's what those things that's what i think those things evolve from those things like you get what i'm saying i feel like yo it starts off with us fighting for resources and then it becomes you kill my brother now i personally yes, hate you right and everyone who looks like you you know what i mean or but then there's also warfare of religion that 
is not those things. In some cases, I think those are cover-ups. But in, in the cases in which they're not, I want you to explain. Like, because, like, kind of like 9 11. The Holocaust. Yeah, okay. That was not over. That, I mean, that you can argue you that was can, slightly over resources of some kind. Yes. Because um, World War One, Germans come back to see a lot of businesses that have been occupied by Jewish individuals. Yeah. Um, so, yes, it could be over resources and maybe the religion kind of. Like, we, I, I feel all, we often seek symbols for our hatred. You right. Know, What's know what the I mean? what? What can we all look at collectively to attack a certain? But that doesn't seem like a good enough reason to do such a thing. To do what? Like genocide? Well, obviously, no, kill not just just like or protect you from a tiger. Just like yeah, it's um, it's like in your in your rationality, you could say like, oh, like yeah, I'm gonna kill the tiger over Andrew. But if you stop and think about that, there has to be a necessitative reason as to why that's beyond species dependency. That's I, like, I don't oh, disagree. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you that that's that's there. But that's not also. But that's not what I'm arguing. I'm I agree that that's there. But it's sort of like if the tiger could talk, it would choose its cub over you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that thing motivating the tiger is the same thing motivating me. Like, you know what I mean? And that's why I don't think it's that different. I think we're more evolved than the tiger. Right. And we can express that thing that we're all experiencing better than the tiger. But I don't think that the tiger is not experiencing it. I, I, you know, I've taken, I've taken a position on this argument for the sake of just creating a debate. Go ahead. I don't care. I think the reason why I would adamantly disagree with this is not because I have any like rational empirical proof. You just feel different. Not even I feel different. Okay. If I if 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 you if you view the world in that lens, I would it would be scary. Why? If it's all material and species and You're, all you- the world must be you, nah. you you get you do no, no don't get it twisted that is a consequence of this thought but it has to be balanced with a certain level of again like acknowledgement of the fact like how, how do i put it if you really have a materialist view then you better have a materialist view of yourself yes like you know what i'm saying uh-huh. it can be very humbling and never like my material view is predicated on the fact that there is a much greater work at hand and my belief that i am mostly material like my brain occupies a small portion of my body. You know what I mean? Yeah. There um, is this conflation that material, like the acceptance of your material side is like a bad thing. Yeah. It's, there's this kind of dichotomy where it's like, oh, because you can aspire to God, you, that's all you should be doing. Cause that's yeah. the greatest good. Well, like enjoy your, enjoy being you. Yeah. Enjoy this. There's some great things about yeah. this. My, my, the only reason I think I even have a materialist view is because so many people are anti-materialist in the first place. Yeah. That I kind of have to, I feel like I have to take that position. You have to take that position. And I, I, I gotta say, like, I am definitely more 
as an individual, I'm definitely far more removed from my body than most people are. I float. I am elsewhere. Bro, I actually feel like a lot of you. I feel like the majority of people are very far removed from their bodies. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand their own animal nature. Yes. You know what I mean? Um, Because I think part of being closer to God is actually embracing the fact that you are an animal created in God's, like, in the nature that God created. Like, you know what I mean? There's such a negative connotation of the term animal. Yeah, yeah. Because it it says something about a horrific nature. Beastly. You know what I'm saying? Yes. But it's like, bro, I've seen wolves take better care of their young than some human beings. beings. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're not going to tell me that thing is not experiencing love. Even if it doesn't have the words to articulate it. Well, even if I like a baby feels love, even though it can't say it. Well, this is this is like Philip afoot rationality and virtue. Philip afoot? You would oh you know you took a Royals class. I did. I did. <laughs> I took a Royals class. This, uh, this is what this is. I'm meeting with him tomorrow. I'm gonna bring it up. Autonomously species dependent. We have good reasons to do things and to aspire to virtue and justice simply because it benefits the species. Goodness is solely through cause and effect we can observe good things and bad things how how does how does murder affect the species well if you murder enough people there will be no species so those things it it is it is material we aspire to god because it gives us something to aspire to maybe god is a concept either way that is it's a it's a materialist perception of the world, but it doesn't have to be limited in that way. You know what I mean? No, yeah, and that's why, like, because my materialist views are almost balanced by a pantheolo- a pantheological view, the idea that this material is not just material. Yes, this material is God, and therefore we have to like respect it. God damn it. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I'm not necessarily talking about the table, but even the table, yo, in some sense, we cut it from raw material and we made something more out of it. You know what I mean? In some sense, that can be considered respect. I'm going to use the restroom. Is that okay? Pee break. We'll be right back. We're going to throw some ads in here or something real quick. I don't know. Um, Dude, I could talk for like another hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Oh, shit, bro. Damn. We're past it now. Dude, I could go for longer if you want to chop and splice some bullshit out. Good, uh, you're a good host both on the podcast and in your home. Y'all heard that? I'm a good host at the home and the podcast. That is true. I second that. I know I know. we just said that we were going to take a, a, a pee break. Um, we ended up taking a taco break, and I made, I made us some dinner because your boy was hungry. I was. Andrew. Yeah, I, I fucked up some onions, but it was good. Yeah, he didn't know how to cut onions. We're going to learn to cut some onions. I did it it wrong. Yeah. It's okay. We were, um, damn, Loki, I feel moved to to continue. We were originally going to end it, but let's see where this goes. Actually, no, 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 no. Because I want to do the dishes and go to bed soon. Yeah. Um, But we were just talking about being animals and stuff. Um, and I actually, I'm mad because, you know, we were really at a good part of the conversation. Yeah, it was, it was hitting a, it was hitting a peak. Yeah. And I, I think the gist of it, at least, um, for people who might've, I guess may have been 
incest by it in any way. That's a weird word. Yeah. I wish I didn't use that <laughs> word. Um, but it, it it's on the basis of like what, what we sort of concluded um, was that the material world and material life, there can be more to it in and of itself. Right. If everything really is like everything Nietzsche creating profundity for materialism and like god is dead like that's fine that's okay yeah yeah things are all right there's a lot to unpack there i'm not the yeah. i'm actually not the biggest fan of nietzsche i think Me his, neither. his analysis of like the situation is like okay but then um like he's just another one of the assholes in my opinion who who uses it as an excuse yeah to to quote unquote dominate you know what i mean yeah he didn't have a great life no nah, nah, nah. i think um so like the survival of the fittest thing like i remember i was in i was in a conversation i was in a garage with a bunch of dudes who were playing like poker or something and like one of them was like y'all don't understand like you gotta understand evolution is about you know again the strongest and who is the most dominant right and i'm like um, I'm the smallest dude at the table taking all y'all money right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Dominant and strong in what way? In what way? In what way? Um, because like nature, you know, nature doesn't discriminate and who lives, lives. And it's yeah. about who is going to adapt the best. And our species is really great at adaption. That is true. You know what I mean? We could live anywhere. We could be better at it. And we could be better at it. Nah, yeah. Um, but again, you know, I guess in like a one, one brief way is that I think humanity and the human species is very special, but like, we're not that special. We're still.